Welcome to the Anxiety Doctor Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lisa, and I'm super excited to always bring you amazing tools and tips to help you eliminate that dreadful anxiety. Join me every Wednesday as I bring you a new episode every week. Hey guys, welcome back to Therapy Tea. I'm Dr. Lisa C., And today's episode is just an explanation of what you uh, will encounter on your first visit to a therapist or a psychologist. Because a lot of times people are afraid of what they're going to encounter, what they're going to be asked. Um, And so the first initial session is sometimes pretty scary for some people that don't know exactly what um, it's going to be about. So I wanted to just kind of share with you what, um, typically happens in a first appointment in your initial appointment. So you want to, of course, call and make an appointment. Sometimes you might go to your doctor's office and that's when you realize, you know, you probably need help or you want to talk to someone. So you're, Um, medical doctors sometimes can refer you to a um, therapist and sometimes you need that depending on your insurance so if you want to use your um, health insurance if you have uh, mental health coverage then you want to get referred um, by your doctor so that coverage can um, so your insurance can pay if you are doing private pay then you don't need a referral you just can, you know, call whoever um, you want and make an appointment and you don't need to actually go to your doctor to get that referral. So um, it all depends. If you're going to use your health insurance, you want to make sure that it does cover and how much it, you know, if you have a copay, usually you have to pay your copay. Um, so typically the appointment um is about an hour 45 minutes to an hour usually first sessions are a little longer so usually an hour Um, so you call and make an appointment you can see a psychotherapist you can see an lpc you can see a master level social worker um, anybody that provides therapy you can also see a psychologist Um, there are psychiatrists that provide psychotherapy but not many, especially not here in my area. Um, Most of them don't. I think there's one that does, and he doesn't accept insurance, so he does all private pay. Um, And I know he does psychotherapy with some of his patients. Um, So depending on what you want to um, see, if you want to see a a social worker, a therapist, and you look, one of the places that I usually tell people to... um, to look for um, a therapist in their area is Psychology Today. I'm listed on there. Um, Of course, right now, if you were to look at my profile on Psychology Today, it will tell you that I am not accepting new patients because I've been fully booked for for a while. But um, there's other therapists that you can look for and they have a little description of you know their experience um, how long they've been working in private practice how long they've been uh, providing therapy um, their background what they specialize in 
So that's a really good resource, a really good um, place to, to look for um, someone. Um, also, usually like if I get a call and I answer um, and I you know tell them that I'm fully booked, I will kind of ask them a question, questions as far as, you know, do you prefer a woman? And then I kind of guide them to, to some of the therapists that I know that are good here in the Valley. Uh, but if not, then you can look um, at psychology today. Um, so what you do is usually you look, you find, you know, you read about all the different therapists and you find, when you do find someone that you feel you can, um, feel comfortable with or you know okay this one looks nice um then you make an appointment you call their office they'll uh, schedule an appointment with you sometimes they'll ask you a few questions before but usually not we tend to do all the intake in the initial session um, some people will send you um, an intake form for you to fill out at home i don't like to do that because i don't like to be reading in front of you and and i always feel that that silence is kind of awkward if I'm reading all your intake if you if I gave you a form and you filled it out at home and you come to me um, with the form and I'm reading in front of you I just feel like that's just not what I want to do so I don't do that I um, <coughs> have you fill out a very general form with your information and then the other questions I ask um, while you're in your your first while you're in my office in the first session. So you come into my office. I don't have a secretary now. So um, prior to COVID, prior to this pandemic, uh, my patients would get either a text or a call from me if they if they were new just explaining, you know, giving them directions to my office, letting them know. Um, your appointment is at two or three, whatever time it is. Um, and letting them know that there is, um, a lobby and you sit there, there's no person in the front that's going to greet you or ask you anything. So I always like to tell them that because I don't want to, them to think that no one's there or, you know, if they're in, in the wrong place. So I always try to explain to them, um, what to expect. I don't want them to be surprised. So they get to my office. They wait for me in the front. I'm always booked back to back. So I'm always with a patient before. Um, I walk out. I walk my previous patient out. I go out to the lobby. Um, I greet you. I bring you in. I give you the form to fill out, which probably takes a, maybe three minutes, four minutes. Um and then we start the initial um, intake. Uh, every therapist has to give you what's called um, consent uh, or informed consent. So informed consent also is um, where we talk about confidentiality, the limits of confidentiality, and um, what to expect um, I always give my patients my cell phone number for them to text me and I always let them know that on Sundays is my family day and I don't really get my phone on, on Sundays so it's not that I don't want to reply to them it's just that um, those days I really don't get on my phone just so they're not you know waiting for a reply to me for, for from me 
And so um, I let them know. I give them my, my cell phone number. Um, I let them know also that I'm old and I go to sleep very early. Um, and so, you know, anything after 8.30, I won't re respond to. And I do give them a, a number if there is a crisis. So informed consent also is um, where we talk about confidentiality, the limits of confidentiality, and also talk a about treatment plans and um, when you know we we go through that, um, and also um, disclosure as far as if um, I ever get subpoenaed. Um, and they're requiring me to, to give them a copy of their, uh, medical records. And so we talk about all the different, um, uh, litigation limitations and confidentiality. Um, if the therapist, um, consults with anyone, if they have like a supervisor or if they have someone that they just kind of talk about their different cases without sharing information like actual names of, of clients then we have to disclose that to our clients um, we also go through medical records and how long those are kept um, and that's you know anytime after you stop seeing a therapist the therapist needs to keep those depending on what state they're from um, they have to keep a medical record of um, your medical record for a certain amount of years. Um, we also talk about payment and insurance reimbursement and what all that is all about. We don't want to surprise anyone with any fees or anything like that. So we need to be very upfront with them. We also have to disclose our um, education, our degrees and our credentials. Um, so you all could know exactly what kind of experience we have um, and um, also termination if I feel that I'm not doing um, or benefiting my patient and then you know I, I'm not going to keep a patient just to keep them I'll refer them out um, and that's what a good therapist should do if they're they don't specialize in something um, then they shouldn't keep you as a as a client um, and I also explained to the to the patient that um, they have the right to stop um, treatment also and ask to get referred to someone else or just you know look for someone else well, if there's a cancellation policy then you talk about all those policies <coughs> excuse me with your clients um, and just so they know exactly what to expect. We don't want to surprise anyone with anything. And so that consent form is signed um, now with this uh, telemedicine and um, with all the different uh, telemedicine portals and all that, we do have a different consent form that needs to be signed. If you see, if you're seeing a minor, then you know the parent has to sign that just to let them know that um, everything is confidential and you know the technology that you're using um, and also the limitations and you know we can't really prevent anyone from hacking or any of that stuff but you know you should always use a 
um, telemedicine portal that's HIPAA approved. Um, I use DoxyMe, and that's um, you know been safe for me. I've never had any problems with that. So after you do all that informed consent, then um, you start asking questions. You start asking, um, are you married? You know, how long have you been married? Just, you know, different questions. Um, and then we start talking about symptoms. What have you been experiencing? What are you in here for? And usually what they're in there for is, you know, either anxiety, depression, or divorce, or any type of uh life uh, difficulty so um you get into it but not completely i always tell my patients that um, because one of the questions they have is um that is am i going to get worse before i get better and i always tell them that not necessarily that doesn't have to be the case what I do in my practice is I give them coping skills first. And so we kind of get them to feel better before we dig into the nitty gritty and, you know, the deep down um, core problems that they're going through. So by the time we do that, they're already feeling comfortable with you. Um, you build that rapport and, um, and they have those coping skills. So they're feeling better. And so it doesn't necessarily have to be um, where you're getting worse before you get better. You can have those coping skills. And um, I explain that to them. Usually that helps them feel a lot more comfortable. And almost every single client that walk, right before they walk out the door, they always say, oh, I feel so much better. Or, oh, I feel, um, I felt that this was going to be worse or I thought that this was going to be worse. So they all automatically feel a little better um, once I reassure them that they're going to be okay and that I'm there to help them as much as possible. And, um, you know, therapy, I think, is good for... Sometimes we just need um, how learn how to communicate and sometimes we just need to vent and sometimes we just need to hear... Um, our thoughts out loud and just kind of put things into perspective and um, I have a lot of times that pay, I have a lot of patients that come in and they just kind of need to a place where they could just talk knowing that they're not going to be judged and they can just say everything and anything that they want to say and just by doing that it puts things into perspective for them and that alone is very powerful doing that you know we we kind of don't ever do that. It's, you know, even with, if you're married with your spouse or your best friend, we don't seem to tell them everything. And sometimes it could be stuff about them and who do we vent to? And so coming into a safe place where you know you're not going to be judged, where you can say everything and anything, you don't have to hold back, is just so... I mean, there's something special about that. That's just, it's so powerful. It's so um, needed because we tend to just um, hold back a lot of times. And, and, you know, a lot of times we're, we're brought up to um, hold back or not say anything that we shouldn't or, you know, kind of just holding back is, is not good for us. And so when you know that you can go in 
And it's a time where you can talk and you're the one talking about you, what you're feeling, what you're needing, what you need to let out is just very, very important. And it's super, super, super helpful for everyone and anyone. And I think just the power of therapy is so um, beautiful. And it's sad how a lot of people still find that um, they think that therapy is, isn't something that they should do or that you need to be crazy or you need to have this, you know, huge mental illness to be going to a therapist. And that's not the case. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I've done since I started in this in in this field in the mental health field is advocate and and spread awareness and try to minimize that stigma that is still attached to seeking help and going to a therapist but the power is so amazing I always get you know patients that come in that are referred by their doctor or their wives usually it's men and I do have a lot of women that also um, think that they shouldn't be there but usually the men um, you know once they they come a few times they love it and they want to come back and they want to learn more coping skills and they just want to just um, explore their feelings and it's something that they don't get to do with their friends I think with women we we can do that with our friends we explore our feelings we talk about everything and um, sometimes not everything, but at least we talk about our feelings. And sometimes with men, it's kind of uh, something that they grew up uh, thinking that they shouldn't do, that they shouldn't talk about their feelings, especially not with their friends. And, you know, they come in here and they see that it's a safe place, that I'm not judging and that um, they can just come and talk and vent. It's just amazing how a lot of these um men grow up and a lot of times they're in their 40s 50s and and they tell me you know if only I thought therapy was you know different back then you know when I was in my 20s and 30s it would have helped me and and it would have avoided me going through a lot of uh, trauma or a lot of self um, self-pity or self um, harm or you know just they a lot of times they they do, um, uh, they turn to substance abuse, alcohol and drugs. And so they tell me that they could have avoided a lot of bad things in their lives if, um, if they only had a different, uh, perception of therapy. Um, but I always tell them, I'm glad that they finally were able to come and just, um, change their mindset and change the way they see or what they think of therapy. Therapy works for you if you do take take that step. I know it will. Um, and you know, just some of the patients that I see after their first initial visit, the ones that are that are still have that fear or that hesitation to come in after their session, their first session with me, the look or the hope that they feel after their first session is one of the reasons why I continue to do what I do. It's just so amazing to see how 
they feel hopeful just after one session. Um, and I'm hoping that happens for you too. And take that step. Do it. You won't regret it. It's amazing. Um, and I'm rooting for you. And I'm proud of you if, if you take that first step. If you don't, contact me if you need more information. Like I said, um, my um, email address on my website will be linked in the description uh, of this episode. So until next time, I hope you take that step. And I'm so happy that you joined me today. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Find us on Instagram at The Anxiety Doctor and online at www.drlisacortez.com. Check back weekly for new episodes. Until next time.